Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach. And I'm the legendary Brandon. And today we've got another sidebar conversation. We haven't done one of these in a while, I don't think. I'm kind of excited. I'm excited too. Anytime we come, you and I both head to head with any major topic that kind of jumps into this world. I always love to get your perspective, not only from an objective perspective, but so almost almost on a personal perspective. I know what your face is. I know who you are. You're not just a random Facebook commenter mm-hmm. with a caps lock on. You know what I mean? So I enjoy these. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's really cool getting your perspective too. We you know we disagree sometimes, and even when we agree on stuff, we we agreed a little more on some of the the stuff on the nine eleven one. If you mm-hmm. haven't checked out that sidebar, check oh, that yeah, one out. Yeah, it's one of our earlier ones. Yeah. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about political ideologies. We're going to be talking about values. You know, all the buzzwords: conservative, liberal, uh, libertarian, progressive, right, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the boxes that people get put in and, and all the animosity related to it and all that fun stuff. Well, look at it. It's more of the hypocrisy of what that ba- that boomer generation chastised our generation for, the hyper-labeling of things when they've been mm-hmm. wanting to put people in individuals in categories since the dawn of time. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, g- generally speaking, I'm I'm pretty okay with labeling as as long as there's the understanding that the label are there hyper labels that where it goes too far. Yeah, well, I think it's less the label and more what that label is perceived as, right? Like if you suddenly generalize because of that label, or if you like if the label is accurate for a person. I mean, you could be being a dick by pointing something out, right? But that's a separate issue from my problem is when the label is wrongly applied because of, you know, a, a majority in the group or or even a minority in the group, right? And now suddenly you've got, I don't like you because of this label, right? Or I don't agree with anything you could possibly think or say because of this label, Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's where my problem comes with the labeling, you know, labeling, I mean, it has positive and negative connotations depending on what we're talking about. Right. But I think at this point in time, at least for what we discussed pre-show, it's more the blending. Cause I feel as yeah. if those, like, I feel like the issues that stand for America cannot be divided into just a simple binary, which amazingly that snippet can be used for many other things. Like, I mean, shit, not the most important one, but the one that I guess is I've been seeing a lot is the abortion one. And I never really understood how a binary kind of political ideology would create X or Z. Like, say, for instance, if you're a female Republican, you kind of have to side with certain sides. Like, does a label carry too much weight? Like that toe the line mentality. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. And, you know, that's the thing with we were talking about this pre-recording a little bit. And I think when we, when it comes to these terms, conservative, liberal, libertarian, progressive, et cetera, et cetera, they're indicative of your values on some level. Right. Because you're, you're choosing at least when they're self attributed labels or, yeah. or labels that are attributed because you wouldn't attribute it to, to yourself if you didn't believe in it on some level. Or at least a few, because everyone, right. everyone, everyone can find one thing of each side. But once you find several, yes. you become or you make the choice, you're able to choose to align yourself with the goals and the, and the attributes and the cognitive way of mm-hmm. perception of that particular my label. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because one view isn't enough. Right, right. no, one, one value, even if it's now, I I shouldn't say it, it isn't enough for anyone. There are single issue voters, right? There's single quote unquote value voters who will vote on one thing because it's their most tightly held value or what, right. whatever. But but typically, that's more party lines, less I guess ideology. Now, do you want to stay? Are you staying in the party realm? Or are you talking every label? I I'm talking mostly. I guess I guess more every, but less. I'm focused less on Republican Democrat and more on the subsections of like who makes up those Republican and Democrats, right? Like the liberal conservative type label. Because right. to me, Republican and Democrat is even more of an issue 
than the other ones because it's even a bigger tent, right? It's I would even say it's bigger, vague. It's just too yeah, vague. Exactly. What does that even mean? So, so you don't know shit about someone because you know that they're a Republican yeah. or a Democrat. You may you may have some inklings, right? But nothing. Yeah. It's so it encompasses so many different worldviews and ideologies and stuff. Right. Because if you're if say for instance if you're a Democratic president, this has nothing to do with what's happening now. But mm-hmm. if you're a Democratic president trying to either make your resume look good or trying to generally trying to move. I guess the pendulum better for the American people. You'd have to come up with more bipartisan things. The more bipartisan you get, the less you get strict upon your your party lines, and the more you kind of blend it to, you know, meet whatever goal you need to make. And then you look at it objectively. It's like, well, this isn't a Republican move, or this isn't a Democratic move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that that notion of like, it has to be most of your values or a couple of your values or something for you to align with it. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I've said on the show a couple times that I identify as conservative, right? That's, that's kind of the, the one I quote unquote pick. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have a lot of values that align more with, like, if I had to pick one for it, for those mm-hmm. values, it would more it would be more libertarian values. Right. I have a couple that are much more quote unquote classical liberal, mm-hmm. which aligns a little more with with current day conservative and some stuff, right? So it's like I do have these things. And some people will ask me, you know, I'll I'll express a view on something mm-hmm. and they'll be like, wait, aren't you a conservative? And I'm like, well, well, I mean, yeah, but like I'm not I, I don't want to make the claim that I'm a 100% diehard. Every single one of my values aligns perfectly with quote unquote conservatism. There right. really is no, like everyone has their own, and this is the true for all of them, not just conservative, but everyone has their own definition of like, what, what do you consider conservative or what do you consider liberal, you know, et cetera. Right. And, and this, I, I, to even make this even broader, but to even make it more succinct, I would say this is my issue with language, mm-hmm. like in regards to connotation and denotation. If you were to look at the connotation of what a Republican is since the since the Reagan era, I can't get a straight answer. I won't get a straight answer. I'll get the biggest Venn diagram you can get, excluding maybe six topics of the Democratic side. That's why when individuals ask me, I try to go as definitive as possible. I try to go by the definition because you can't thwart the definition. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So by Republican definition, I enjoy the ideals of what a Republican is by definition, mm-hmm. what it has morphed into and those that chose to pick up and to put down. I can't get into the back and forth. I, I can't keep up with it. You know, same thing. Like, I mean, so even said just an example, the Black Lives Matter thing, you can pick it up, but all the things that the organization can bring on, you labeling yourself as that has also carried those attributes. And if you're not directly associated with it, or if you're not even aware of it, now you're kind of either looked at as a coward or a liar mm-hmm. because either you side with it and you just want to be on the side or you don't stand for what your side believes in. So then no mm-hmm. one wants to take your opinion seriously. That's why I try to take things more definitive by the definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, we've talked about semantic overload a lot on, on the show too. And it's this, just this concept that words or phrases have multiple meanings and it then inherently leads to confusion. And I think there's certain stuff like Black Lives Matter, like defund the police, mm-hmm. like, you know, what, what else have we talked about? I don't know, a, assault weapon, assault rifle that yeah. we need some kind of objective and at least societally accepted definition for otherwise it is inevitable that animosity will come from it inevitable like black lives matter right i obviously i agree that black lives matter i agree with that objective societally accepted definition but I don't agree at all with the organization, right? And so now right. if I see oh, neither, future, Now neither the hell do I. There's no <laughs> way in the amount of people stepping down and millions of dollars being allocated, like I said, in either a recorded or a live, listen, the bit, uh, literally billions of dollars, these are numbers that we can go back and count from the news, from Barbara Streisand to Kanye to Kai... People have donated upwards of billions of dollars to directly to the black community. And there's black people that are millionaires off of this. Like, What do you? Yeah. (sighs) Right. But see, now you get to the phrase Black Lives Matter. The reason I, as I guess here, I would identify as a conservative or I guess maybe Republican covers this. I don't know. But, you know, my problem with it is that if I see someone in a T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter, right? 
I'm not even assuming that person's motives. I don't really care about that person's <laughs> motives, right? I, they could have the purest of intentions. They could truly just care about helping black people and, and you know, protecting black lives and, and whatnot. They may not even know what the organization is, right? They may have a seen- A lot of people don't. A lot right. of black people yeah. that genuinely are black, <laughs> right. who lives need to matter, but don't, it, have no idea the level of tax, just the, the magnitude. Right. But- Everyone that sees that T-shirt is now at least at least a little tiny bit more likely to Google and then donate to the Black Lives Matter organization that is a Marxist organization that stands fundamentally against my values. So I don't disagree with the phrase Black Lives Matter, but I disagree with the T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter because of the outcome that could come with it and because of that semantic overload that is yeah. inherent in it. And so I shouldn't even say the phrase. I disagree with the the organization commandeering it, I guess. And but... we both do. I, I hate that they've – I mean, one day I think we might have to do an article or like, you know, a Sabine saying article or oh, yeah. a deep dive on what this has become because it's not being said. Oh, yeah. And who are we not to fully dive in and to address – I mean, we could be the anonymous of what's happening in the world because it's driving people to either vote incorrectly or to side incorrectly. Because I'm sure, quote unquote, Black Lives Matter is going to want to help Biden get into office. And you got me damned if I see any of those people who've been taken like <laughs> Trayvon's father. I said, hey, I would like some money to help my community. Mm -hmm. he, Mike that, Brown's parents, too. Mike no? Brown's parents as yeah. well. They've denounced it. They said, yo, they're not yep. anything that we thought it was. And I'm like. These guys are saying it? The yep. ones who it's happened to? Come on now. We can't have that. We can't have the victims crying out for justice when we've created opportunities for it just to occur. No. But that's not even – oh, we, we went down this rabbit hole. But oh, this no, is that's more okay. That's no, right. Keep going down it. That's fine. You're saying what needs saying. That's right. Okay hey, listen, me. I feel like at every point is just a level of deception. Like you take a blindfold off and you're like, oh, this looks good. Hold up, that's still a blindfold. Yeah. Take this blindfold up. It's still a blindfold. Yeah, it's it's an incredible grift, yeah. the Black Lives Matter organization. And I I really it's it really is a shame because there's so much, you know, you look at the I'm not talking about the riots, I'm not talking about the destruction of property. You look at the protests that happened over the summer, you look at yeah. the the level of peaceful protesters around the world, yeah. yes. right? That that protested against things for black lives. Right. There are so many people that are being outright manipulated by this organization, like you said, for their dollars, for their attention, yeah. for yeah. all of these things. And because they choose that phrase, it yeah. sows that much more discord and animosity because now me disagreeing with that organization well, I must be racist, right? Because well, I must not think that Black Lives right. Matter. Because, At least on the surface. Right, exactly. It would look That's, like that. Yes, and the surface is as deep as anyone gets. You know mm. what I mean? Like no one looks beneath the surface or even knows about the organization or their, you know, their actual mission or their values and things. So, you know, it, but it's stuff like that. It's values driven, right? It's values driven. Values are the reason that I disagree with the Black Lives Matter organization. Values are the reason that I identify as a conservative or sometimes, you know, ha say that I have libertarian leanings or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so these labels do serve a purpose, I think, because they allow you to succinctly express your values to someone, right? Like I don't have to sit here and go through the entire list of every yeah. single value I That's have and, and what I like and dislike and what I think is important and not important. And what do I think is the building block of society and what isn't and politically and I could just so say, well, a, I'm mostly conservative. Right. It's a general bubble. Yeah. And I think I think that's where a lot of people enjoy. That's their level of comfort. Mm -hmm. But I think there's, you know, just how there's like the poster boy of the phrase or the poster boy of a Democrat or Republican. There's also those on the wayside, the sideline uh, representative. So those who weren't really, if you weren't particularly Republican and then you kind of learned it from your parents, or if you're not really Democrat and you learned it from your parents. I mean, we've mm -hmm. talked about, well, a friend, we're eventually we're going to drop an uh, episode with a friend of mine who had the introduction to Republican and he might say he was more conservative, if anything, more conservative than you. Okay. And these were initially his views. But on the flip side, we also talked with yeah. Nate Parker on uh, Parker's Pouring Politics and we discussed 
what the fuck is the word Democrat, the, right. the premise to, to, to Chicago? It's still mm. disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. And there's a black lady in the in the main thing. I don't, I don't that's even more jarring to me. And, I'm, and it's just because the the blocks necessary to put the pieces together. The jigsaw puzzle hasn't been, I guess, actualized in the communities that it should be, because there's no reason why there's a black woman at the head of Chicago. Because in the black community, the black woman is probably the most centered aspect of the black familial uh, nucleus. You know what I mean? And typically, they should be hallowed and respected as such, like the big moms and the big I'm sure you've heard those terms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the black woman that's running Chicago, you'd think it's a, a it's an evil old white man with all the shootings and killings and the the voter stuff and the it's it's Chicago's always been shit is what I'm saying, and the person that you would assume holding this title would help change this environment, but the title has done nothing for this environment. The titles don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. What what do these titles even mean? And I think that's what um. Oh man, this is going everywhere. I think that's what the LGBTQ community is kind of all about. Like today, I saw a post. They said, "We're talking just so we'll just take the B part, right? The LGBT mm-hmm. B is the, the bi bisexual. They're right. like, don't look at it. And it's just two things. It's like, well, hold up, the word there's the word bi in it. That's two. They said no. It's like a red and blue wheel where there's purples and then there's magentas. Isn't and- that supposed to be pansexual? Isn't that something to do? Like that's, pansexual that was, was that was kind of my understanding of like any gender identity or sex. I I don't know. Listen, I thought that too, but then I thought of it. I was like, maybe for what LGBTQ represents now, the B is kind of the most dated aspect of it because the idea of binary doesn't include the 31 other acknowledged genders uh, by yeah, the well, LGBT, you know what I mean? Acknowledged so, is a bit of a stretch. But <laughs> Listen, I am trying to keep us both objective and not canceled. You're right. We'll cover that stuff on a future episode. I'll get us canceled later. Yeah, but, later, later. <laughs> later. At, least, but, at least more than the 40 that listen to us now. Right. <laughs> right. But no, but you're absolutely right in that, you know, the label then people assume what you're going to do. Keep up. Right. Yeah, and then and then people change and parties change and change. and you know whatever. And frankly, on some level that's normal and and is good and you know the times and situations sometimes change. And I'm not saying everything because you know one of the conservative values is tradition, right? And mm-hmm. and adhering to tradition and things. And so maybe not everything has to change, but things do change. Mm-hmm. And so on some level somewhere parties need to change. Now, do they need to change and put on one face and then do the exact opposite? No, probably not. You know, I saw someone, um, one of our mutual friends on Facebook posted a picture the other day of, it was a, I don't know, snakes, man, whatever. It was, it was just a (laughs) snake and it said Republicans. And then there was a little, another panel. It was a snake with a little party hat with a unicorn on it and a a, um, Mm. party popper in its mouth. And it said Democrats. It's like, you know, both parties, when it when you look at what the parties are doing and whether or not they actually stand by their voter bases, I think everyone's unhappy with their respective party on some level. But that forced alignment with one, right? Nate talked about on some level, you know, feeling like he agrees with a lot of what the Republicans do, but he talked a lot about being called an Uncle Tom and and the that perceptual problem of mm-hmm. identifying with that label because of some of the perceptions of Republicans then by certain, you know, by by the black community or by others and things. You know, so. and I'm almost glad you brought that up. Well, mm-hmm. I'm very glad you brought that up specifically because President Biden, right? Mm-hmm. President Biden, when he was running, so what do you say about black people? So he said, if you're not black, then you're not black if you don't vote for me, right? Right, yeah. President Biden, and this broke today, privately tells lawmakers do not expect much on quote unquote reparations legislation for black Americans. And this is off of the eve of the Tulsa massacre that happened in Oklahoma from what is known to be Black Wall Street. And it was a bombing that happened uh, orchestrated by officials in the area. And I think they recently got a payout like yesterday of $100,000. For the entire town being blown up, we can speak in tag articles as well. It's very much documented, but it's just not taught. Just like, you know, right. the litany of other things not taught. So 
he said, you know, do not expect much from reparations. And that's something that not not even our generation, the older generation has been asking for. Mm-hmm. And this is, remember, if we're not black, the things typically, if you want a group to vote for you, you're going to hopefully do well for that group. Biden won with an 87% voting rate of black people winning the results, mm-hmm. you know, compared to Trump. This is also two weeks after Biden signed a hate crime bill that specifically protects Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. So wait, wait, wait. So the things that you could enter into legislation to protect one demographic, but then also say I'm, he's going to help a thousand black owned businesses get vaccinated. That's not the same as what you're doing for the, for the Asian community. And then that's not also the same by saying you're not going to get reg- reparations when genuine communities need, I would say, deserve some type of recompense fin- financially in you know, the things that they show for, specifically within Tulsa, Oklahoma, that place has never been the same. Mm-hmm. The financial place has been barren. I'm just saying that this this idea that, you know, black people, let's go vote for Biden because he's not Trump. Yeah, he ain't Trump, but he ain't a lot of what this is. You know what I mean? I mean, he, and Trump is bad. Trump was, you know, in in because he's had some colorful comments about the black community, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the labels have done the black community nothing. Yeah. Well, and even even leaning away from the rhetoric of of Biden, right? Because like, you know, at the end of the day, him and Trump for that matter, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're both real fucking old white guys who yeah. grew up in yeah. a different era. So of we course. can even like even if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt there and be like, "All right, you know what? If you don't vote for me, you you ain't black." Oh, you know, it was it shitty to say. Okay, yeah, it was horrible to say, but he grew up in a different time. We'll give him a, we'll give him an old white guy pass. Right. <laughs> hypothetical. And, you know, but even aside from that, right, it doesn't matter when you look at the the promises, right? The promises right. are different. You the can say, you could say, I'm going to, this isn't me saying this, I'm going to say know. this preemptively so that I don't get canceled. You could say to, to your voter base, I'm going to help all these poor, stupid black people yeah. and help them become better. And then if you don't help them after, you're still a bigger piece of shit. Like, yeah, right. sure, you called right. them dumb and stupid and whatever, but, like, you still said you were going to help them. It's funny like, that was an example, but that's exactly what made R- Mitt Romney lose. Mitt Romney was in a bar, and he was being recorded. He said, it's, we said 47% of the Americans of my voters are idiots or something like that, and then he lost. They were like, well, how are you going to run the country like a business? This is not a business. And right. then hired a uh, subpar business mogul right. as the president, but... Sure, because I mean, it's there's optics to it, right? He's probably right, but that's probably it's 40, 47% of all voters, not right. just not right. just Romney voters, right? right. It's forty-seven, and forty-seven is a bit conservative there. Like I think, especially that, if the literacy rate in America is like fifth grade, right? So like there, there's the optics to it, right? There's the and that's what I mean is that there's the optics to it, which is the you ain't black, which mm-hmm. is bad. It's horrible optics, mm-hmm. and it's you know what it can make you think whatever you want to think about Biden's character. But outside of the optics is the promises. And I think Black Lives Matter falls into this category too, right? Is that even if you look the, well, and the promises, right? Because all of the promises they have made to the black community to to help make things better and to fight for change and things. And then they buy million dollar houses. Dude, I, Zach, from your perspective, I can see it being more like, just like, what was it? Like like a news header or like a title of our article or something like that. When you see like Black Lives Matter person has several three million dollar homes, but this is jet like I'm yeah. like I'm living this like right. to, like it's infuriating, sure. and what am I gonna do? Scream at another black like, but that doesn't help anyone. That doesn't take them. That doesn't do anything. So it's like I'm I'm still at the bottom of this barrel, you know, so to speak, mm-hmm. and where I'm still like the progress isn't there, mm-hmm. and the steps some would say have been made, but the actions hasn't been taking place. It's And you're right. The promises, you know, I don't think anybody directly, because I didn't even know who the hell the head of quote unquote black lives matter was. No one mm-hmm. really knew, you know, I, I didn't even know there were subsects. There was like right. this section of black lives matter. I'm like sections. I didn't know we had, I didn't know this was chapters. What's, what's alpha, mm-hmm. alpha beta thigh. <laughs> I never heard of chapters of black lives matter. Where's, where's the one for here? I need it now. Right. But, you know, you can't get that help. And how, how do you change the community if 
the resources are there but not given? You see what I'm see, see the issue mm-hmm. I'm trying to Sure, the money is there. It's just not being distributed in the way that it was promised to be. But that's the issue. That was the that's been the thing since the dawn of time. Right. Yeah. The America doesn't have to be poor at all. One in three kids don't have to be hungry at all. This the money's there. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is flying with his brother into space. Right. Excuse me? The what? Yeah. I don't know. I see that. I mean, I guess this gets back to my conservative values. I see that as an inevitability due to human imperfection and greed, right? Like that, regardless of the system surrounding them, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you'll have that in, obviously in socialist countries, communist countries, you have that in capitalist countries, but you know, the, the way we go about it, right. Is, is a separate issue, right? How do you counter that? And that then ties often to your values, right? Do you do it through government intervention or in this, I guess in this case, it would be with Black Lives Matter, it would be more nonprofit private sector intervention, or do you do it, you know, the, the individual intervention. And that's one more area that depending on your party affiliation, depending on your political ideology affiliation or identity, you know, whatever you you'll have a very different answer to that question. But I genuinely think even though, and this doesn't counteract what I said about human beings being flawed or or imperfect, but I do still think genuinely most people, maybe not the the leaders of Black Lives Matter or some of the other grifters throughout history, right? But I think most people genuinely want to help solve these problems that we're talking about. They just have a different solution based on their values. And the problem is that we can't come together. Like, let's take um, a different one. We haven't touched on this episode yet. Education, right? And people have been complaining about the public education system and American education for a long time. The the quote unquote left and right have two very different solution paths for this, right? It's either we bolster the public education funds and, and increase funding and increase, you know, teacher pay and, you know, maybe have more equity programs that allow for minority students to have access to other resources, whatever. And then the right will lean into things like school choice or voucher systems or even privatization of the education system, things like that. All of those, the intent is to help the kids. All like no one, I I shouldn't say no one, very, very few people are, are advocating for an education policy priority because they think it's going to fuck over your kids. You know what I mean? Like very few people have that motive, I I think. And so with coming back to these labels and things and not just education, but pretty much every issue, Mm -hmm. when it boils down to these labels, now it's suddenly, it's no longer, we have a shared objective, but different paths to succeeding there to we now completely differ on what we agree on or what we believe in. And that's it. That's all like, that's as far as we're going to go. And now I'm not going to work with you or I'm not going to compromise with you, or I'm not going to interact or work with you because now you, you have this different label, right? You're not on my team for education policy. You're not on my team for immigration policy. And And the thing is, and the issue is that, well, I didn't even mean to cut you off, but the issue no, no, with the idea of these, you know, this, this, because it's easier in this country for things to be binary. They're trying to include the Green Party. They're trying to include the independent, but it doesn't really work. People may not enjoy the labels or they may not enjoy having to be bipartisan or I can't even see things being tripartisan within the next 200 years, but if the other option was present, and I'm sure it has, I'm sure there's been outstanding independence out of, I liked uh, Mark O'Malley out of Maryland. I wish mm. he became president. He was independent. He turned the wire into the wire of Baltimore, mm. to, uh, uh, the gleaming city that it's slowly becoming into. I was like, yo, that's, if you could do that, I mean, yo, here's the country. There's, here's Detroit, Chicago, uh, St. Louis, go and work your magic. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as catchy as Republican. It's not as catchy as Democrat. You know, there's not this historical vibrato about the the name independent. You know what I mean? You know, right. no one's really won. There's no track record. People rather have security 
and doubt rather than, I don't know, risk and unassuredness. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I mean, that's, again, part of it's inevitable because like with any group, as you get more people, you're going to differ more within that group, right? You're going to get, you're going to differ on your values. You're going to differ on your your belief systems, you're going to differ on your religion, or you're going to differ on your your personality and all these things. And you see that more and more with the two big parties, right? The Democrats and Republicans, because inevitably, as more people join the parties, well, they're, they're different people, right? We've already talked about how different people have different definitions of what is conservative or what is liberal or what is whatever. And so you're lumping more of those people in. I, I think we are too far in that direction like the the tents are too big so to speak but you also don't want to go too far the other direction too right because you've got some countries that will have you know tens or dozens or hundreds of whatever of parties and then no one group really effectively represents any sizable portion of the of the country right so Mm -hmm. there's some balance to be had there Mm -hmm. but but yeah i agree completely that you know when it boils down to just those two that I, I think ranked choice voting, I think, and we may have touched on this in, in a previous episode, but I think that ranked choice voting is part of the solution to that. And I've seen a little more support from it. I've heard both Hassan Minaj and Ben Shapiro talk about it, you know, warmly. So I, I think that there's some rising support for things like that, that could kind of help break down this, I don't know, bipartisan just divide. But but yeah, I don't know. That's there has to be some balance in size and of the group and homogeneity, I guess. But I don't know where it is quite. Well, I don't think. Listen, for the economic benefit that there is to have separate parties, I don't think we can become a monogamous thing where the labels don't matter because there has to still right. there still has to be a debate. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like there, yeah. but I don't. I could see where they're kind of saying, I don't really understand what is what I'm against because the tents are so big. The mm-hmm. people eventually can't fit under the tent. Yeah. You know, they're going to have, they're eventually going to hear what the other side is saying. Mm-hmm. And eventually people will say, yo, they're not completely wrong. Right. I don't know. And, that, and that's the issue with a lot of these labels. But there's, there's kind of like a trap. There's a, there's one thing we're not addressing, we haven't addressed is there's a trap of labels. A lot of people would say, how come, like a friend of mine was on Facebook and he said, how, how come you're not on, or I'm not on the side of Black Lives Matter or something like that? Or how come we can't yeah. come together as black people? It's because the idea wasn't created by black people. You were born and then you were put into this thing. So you don't really have a choice to be black. The world has already made you black. When you're gay, we're just going to go with this sentence and put, keep it pushing. When, you, when you're when you born and when you're living your life, you choose to enter into the LGBT community. You choose to enter into the Democratic Party. You choose to enter into the Republican Party. You can't just be born of a dark skin tone of African-American descent or of black descent and say, I'm white. That won't work. There's not really a choice in that. I don't see, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know of any outstanding examples well, there's a couple of the other direction. There's a couple of white people that have tried to, you know, identify as black. I think, you know, I think what was, yes, it? was Rachel, it Rachel Dolezal? Dolezal? Yeah, exactly. Dolezal, whatever the hell you want to call her name. And it, that looks embarrassing, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, and I don't even know how it looks to white people. I wonder, I wonder, I would love to know the perspective. What is your perspective? Oh, she's a nut. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? Explain. Explain <laughs> how Rachel Dolezal is a tan walnut. What is she? I mean, it's just you're either you're either black or you're not right. Like you're either you're either white or you're not. And I get that you're talking about it in a cultural sense, not necessarily in an ethnicity sense, or at least I'm sure she is. And I get that, you know, we've talked about black culture uh, in various capacities and episodes. And, and there is right with any community, with any, I guess, unifying characteristic that is shared by a community. It can be skin color. It could be something like you all like bowling. It could be any, I, that's the second episode that I've talked about bowling and I don't even <laughs> like bowling, dude. Listen, listen, it's three games. My thumb starts swelling up. I hear the, I smell the wings. Chicken strips are the best there. Ain't nowhere else I'm getting them. So I, listen, you said bowling and I thought of salty fries. Yeah, but like, you know, there's any group, there's gonna be that shared culture, shared, you know, 
elements to the culture that then become associated with that shared trait, you know, in this case, black culture. And there is someone, look, Eminem grew up in black culture in, in a lot of capacities. And a lot of rappers have come out on record saying that they'd be cool with him saying the N word or they'd be cool with Eminem. Oh yeah. Like, right. Like, you know, rapper like grew up in a impoverished neighborhood that was largely black that shared a lot of experiences with a lot of black people there that doesn't make him black. Right. He's, but he shared a lot of the culture of that area, but, but you know, it's like, which I don't know. And I guess that's the, that's the question, right? Is what, what does it mean to be black? Does it mean you're ethnically no, I'm black, gonna say, or well, does it mean no. that culturally, or or is it both? I don't know. What do you well, think? Well, I'll I'll give you, I'll give you a, a couple webs to that answer. So, I lived in Wilmington, Delaware, for a little bit, and the white people there and the black people there kind of live in impoverished areas within Wilmington. So, when you grow up with the within the community where the outstanding socioeconomic community brings you together, you kind of go along or you coalesce with the culture there. So the N-word is ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, a friend, friends of mine, I'll hit up now, and I'm like, whoo, that sounds crazy coming from your profile picture. But, like, I get, <laughs> I, I I was there, I get it, I understand. Mm-hmm. Eminem, if anyone gave, everyone's, it was like, yo, M. Eight mile? He listen. He earned it, but he is, it's, it speaks to his skill that he has yet to use it in any right. rap of, of his hundreds of, of of records and tracks that he's put out. He'll but, rhyme orange before he rhymes the n word. Oh my goodness! It's a it's it's part vowel. Okay. The one thing about black culture, it's cool, right? There's a weird mm-hmm. level of camaraderie. You guys don't have any money. You guys don't have any stake. You have no stock. You guys don't have like. There's nothing there to celebrate but you all seem happy and you, you put on the style you're all got listen you put on the beat y'all stomp at the same time who the hell told y'all to do that <laughs> you put on you you put on jeans that people been wearing the whole time you got it's there you make music that we've had the instruments for forever you touch it it's boom the black music industry alone is a multi-billion dollar industry that's only 12 percent of the country is black so how is even one percent of that holding a billion dollars is the black industry. If the black music industry was its own country, it would be the eighth richest country in the world. the The culture is cool. It is cool. It's even cool all the way up to the sports. If you look at it, like oh, the athleticism is cool. the The energy behind it is cool. The tattoos, the 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 jewelry, yeah. the the art of it. Even you look at hip hop. Hip hop isn't a sound. Hip hop is a movement. You look at the art. You look at the graffiti. You look at the Ah, shit. You look at the skateboarding, you look at the... Like, every aspect that Black culture has adopted, it has created a new sense of cool. So it's... Who doesn't want to be a part of that sense of cool? Who doesn't want to... What Hillary Clinton doesn't want to go on Ellen and do the whip? Or what what Clinton... Oh, wow, wow, both Clintons. What Clinton doesn't (laughs) want to go on Jimmy Fallon... Or David Letterman played a saxophone, and he's now a black person. He's America's first black president by playing music. Music! That's how cool it is to be black, that we could play a note, and you're white, and your skin changes, and then you get head and in the office. And that's also a black thing, too. But Obama didn't do it, because he had, he had Michelle. But... Cause Michelle's cake. And that's another thing too. Even the fashion, even like the trends, like even if you look at the seventies and eighties, well, let's go, whatever era was fair faucet, that beautiful, the hair bouncing, the, the light body type, nothing too overly defined, that kind of just airy Jenny from uh Forrest Gump type energy. Then there was the big boob love still established by prominent white culture. And then black culture. Once, once Sir Mixagot said, I got a big, I like big butts. And then that's that, you know, turned the tide. And even now with TikTok and Instagram, that's kind of been continuing because that aspect of black culture is being accepted in America. Like, wow, we like the big bucks. We like the badonka donks. That's like, Mm -hmm. it's cool, but it's not cool when you look like every demographic that Fox News puts up for a murder. (laughs) 
You know, it's yeah. cool until it's not cool. It's cool until yeah. you have to hold up a sign. It's cool until you have to share the same name or share the same skin or or hear the derogatory comments. Like, it's cool up to a point. And I think it's the point that people have to choose now. Like, if you were, if you were, I don't know, we were, we were, we're on this tangent. We're, I'm, I'm down this line, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the label is cool until a point. Until that point is where you separate those who are black and those who are just enjoy the culture of it. Because it's a part of American culture now. The mm-hmm. most popular genre of music right now is, I think it's hip-hop. Or it's not rock anymore. It's not country. It's like, I think it's rap or it's, I think they called it hip-hop. Whatever they want to label it as. Like you see the commercials, there's 808s beats in Old Navy commercials. Like, what is, what's going on here? It's just what's accepted now. So would That's you what say- I know it to be, but... Th- so would you say someone like Eminem or, or Rachel Dolezal, presumably, you know, someone who grew up in that culture, shared all of those elements? No, but, but, but they're not. But there doesn't that doesn't make them black. Well, to make well by. And this is why I love definition in America. What makes you black has nothing to do with your outward appearance. Right. Obama's mixed. What is he in America? A nigger. That's it. There is no if, ands, or about it. Depending on what part of the country you go to, he can't walk there. Mm-hmm. Still, because he is half. It is exactly what is on paper. So if you can have a white mother. You can have half of your entire lineage be white. Mm-hmm. From the dawn of time, everything white, have one person black, and now you're not even, you're not even assumed to be in the country. I mean, assumed to be a part of white culture. Well, and that's a, that's a super important point. I want to I want to hone in on it a little bit because yeah. I think that's why people like Rachel Dolezal are doing a disservice by identifying themselves as black when they're not. Because now, let's say that let's say we just go along with that, right? Okay. Let's just say that she, that's fine. We you know you just have to identify as black given your upbringing or what have you. You know, let let's say they're were okay so i i know i i disagree with the typical i guess modern liberal proposal of of systemic racism right but let's assume that it is true that there is a an actual systemic disenfranchisement of a particular group right and and in in this case black people right mm-hmm. and now rachel dolezal has something happened to her it, whatever that may be, she's arrested. Maybe she's the the victim of police brutality, or you know what, whatever. If there actually is that systematic like discrimination that needs addressing, now you have dilution of that problem exactly. with a completely unrelated group or person, right? Wow. It's no like now again like it. I don't think currently there is that systematic systemic racism like we can talk about other issues right like there are societal issues like you were talking about with obama walking in certain areas right like there are those societal issues and those still get downplayed even if you take out the systemic part of it right we both agreed that obviously racism exists and it's fairly widespread depending on where you're at too well so now what what happens if if rachel dolezal goes down to you know a, an old used to be sunset town and happens to get shot while she's there happen just happens to get shot while she's there did she get killed because of a societal discrimination problem that in this town she got shot because she's quote unquote black well no in her case she probably just got shot right like right. she probably just got shot in this case now who knows maybe she got shot because she's white and you know whatever else or you know i don't actually know what she what she is i know she's not actually black but like no, y- you get my point is that she even attended a black of- college and uh, and for comedic right. purposes uh, attended a black dick and then just went went <laughs> off she was like i she took one comedic joke and went to work she said oh you mean this dick comes with tracks oh i'm getting these box braids forever Right. But, you know, that's that's my point is just even outside of the systemic element of it, societal problems. Right. If you if you're picking a group that you aren't and saying that you're part of that group. Well, now, like you said, it's you're identifying with the cool parts, quote unquote, you're you're not necessarily going to be 
subjected to all of the uncool parts mm -hmm. right and that's true for any group that's true for you know any group that faces any level of either systemic or societal you know discrimination on any level i don't know it that's why i, I take issue with with her identifying that way it's just because you know obviously there are there are problems in this country that specifically apply to black people in a lot of instances especially societally right. and so you know you're you're claiming it without without i guess being it i don't know i'm rambling a little bit no no, but. I mean, no but i i get it you're taking the cute parts of the label i'm sure if they wanted to show rachel dozal in a positive light for the efforts and the actions that she's done to help better the black community i'm sure that's not hard mm -hmm. to show but i have yet to see that right. living in the incident age so this is just you picking the cool parts and the attributes and the foundation that meshes well with your skin or it does well to hide or hinder your skin to, to, to accept and to indoctrinate. But it's, there's a lot more there that even black people don't enjoy about it. And that's why there's not solidarity behind it because you're born into an economic shit show, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're born in, in Detroit, yo, whoa, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yo, and now you're, um, you're labeled this and then you're labeled under the Detroit. And then you're, you're underneath all this negative weight. You're like, yo, I didn't ask for this. Literally right. didn't ask for this, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why I always hedge, you know, when, when people ask, when, when they ask me on threads podcast, what kind of conservative are you? Or when we, mm -hmm. when people ask me, are you conservative? It's why I always hedge it. Right. Cause it's like, well, I mean, yes, like I, I pick that one, but it's, I don't want to make the claim that I am 100% anyone's definition of conservatism like any right. any one conservative who has their own different definition of conservatives i'm not 100 percent that right i have leanings that go a little liberal that go a little libertarian and so when when it comes up that's why i try to specify and i'm like all right you know i say that i have conservative values or i say that i am more conservative but like and i do identify with it right but it's it's not based on immutable traits so it's a little it's a little different to me i i see the inevitable hypocrisy there too right because i'm not a thoroughbred purebred conservative but i say that i'm conservative right so on on some level i guess that could be the same as dolezal but not based on i don't know basing it on an immutable trait that is objectively just not true i don't know it just it gets into this idea of the labels and whether or not they're good bad and all of that the, the labels eventually wither away and then they reorganize and I mean, I can't because America's quote unquote so young. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's easier for me to look at Chinese dynasties and look at the Qing dynasty and the Han dynasty, uh, the Zhou dynasty, all these different reorganizations of of an ideology. Mm -hmm. You know, eventually the people are the people stay. I'm, I love this guy. Some it's a it's a, one of those mean guys that goes bleh. He says tough times don't last. Only tough people last. Bleh. And he goes, bleh. but the, the focus is that the tough times will constantly be reconstituted. Like it's going to be good and bad, good and bad, but right. the people will still be there. So the, the, the labels that may fit the twenties don't work. The, yeah. the labels change. So they have to be disbanded eventually because they just can't keep up with the times and then they'll be reorganized and then they'll fall flat and then they'll reorganize. But the people and those who naturally have those beliefs are still going to be there. Mm -hmm. They just have to, it, it all will eventually just reorganize. I don't know what the reorganization process will be for something like America who holds such tight tributes to its conservative backgrounds. Right. But yeah. that is for the future to display for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's why we we need to be a little looser with these kinds of groupings, right, and, and labels, because they encompass so many different people. There is no real objective definition like some of the other cases of semantic overload that we talked about earlier in the episode, right? Mm -hmm. And since it's inevitable that those parties are going to change, since it's inevitable that people are going to, you know, viewpoints are going to change, right? Things are going to change. We'll have the Tea Party. We'll have the progressives, you know, shift in, in the Democrats. We'll have things like this where where groups differ and, and change over time. I think it's just, it's dangerous to too tightly adhere to any one definition of conservative, liberal, libertarian, progressive, any of these in your 
understanding of all the people that make up that group. It's okay to have your own definition, I think. And that's in this case, that's fine as long as you don't impose that definition on other people. But, you know, just recognizing that everyone under that umbrella term isn't necessarily the same objective definition like some of these other cases that we can that we can have. I, I don't know. It's an it's an important, I guess, flaw in language that we need to be aware of going forward. I think be, uh, awareness and I mean, just exact, almost exactly what we go about or why we have this podcast, just being aware and opening up the conversation. Everyone has an opinion. I'm not, I'm surprised we're not overloaded with our service because everyone has something to say. Thousands of comments are populating and people have a lot to say. I think the things that matter most, those should be, that's, that's what should be talked about most. I don't care what happened on the Kardashians or I don't care what happened in, I don't mind the good stuff, but I'm just saying the, the things that are pressing that are affecting our day to day. I would love that to take as much precedent as those that, you know, hit the quote unquote tabloids. Yeah. The most important things are almost always the touchiest because they're the things that we hold closest. Right. And those are the things that we need to talk about because they're the most important things in our lives. And those are the things that we need to say that need saying and the, the things that we try to talk about on this podcast. I, I think this was another excellent sidebar my friend I think. zach i tip my hat to you and your cognition and what you stand for and who you are as a person because that's and that's simply just off of this conversation yeah. you know what i mean you've opened up the door and i've happily walked into it and vice versa you know i like that we can enter each other's worlds have this conversation and come out of it with a new perspective that's that's what experience is learning that's what that's what conversation does you you open it opens your mind to what's out there and i wouldn't be in the in the spirit of pride month I, i'm glad i'm open to you i'm glad i'm opening myself up to you <laughs> i appreciate it man and i obviously same for you you know it's it's been too long for some of these topics and we'll definitely have to revisit some of them at some point for full-length episodes for sure hey, we should do we should do one of these sidebars in person yeah yeah absolutely but with that being said, everyone, this is once again, I'm Zach. Wait a minute. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. No, I'm Zach. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Take care.